Judy. The holy blank works in me all the time. So I'll just make that really clear. The holy blank, it's like even when I got married, I had the first line of my wedding vows, and that's all God would give me. And that one, I mean, literally standing, saying my vows, and I had the opening, and that was it. So that's where I'm going to start. Um. I've mentioned attending church occasionally, and there one of the staff pastors is a converted Jew, and he, God had me get up one morning. I did not want to go to church, and so, but he said, I want you to go, and I said, do I have to? And he said, yes, and I said, okay, so I went, and the guy's talking, they're walking through the Bible, and he was talking about John the Baptist, and he was mentioning, you know, the last of the prophets, He's the doorway between the old and the new, um, and he stands at the threshold. He had two years of a public ministry, and how many years before that, being a weirdo out in the desert? But then he goes, and John was beheaded. Well, we all know that, and the Spirit just goes, bam. God cut off, severed, the old way from the new way. And I saw that symbolism. That is not what the preacher was talking about, but God showed that to me. So from that, with this, what we're talking about, is I began to see God wanted to live in a live temple. So he comes in Jesus Christ. He didn't want to be stuck in a building. He didn't want to be stuck in the mounds of stones that they built. He, didn't want, he wanted to be in a living tabernacle. So, here comes Jesus, living tabernacle. God expresses himself through him. What's he do to him? He crucifies him. But, he could then live in us and be multitudinous. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, then we start the progress of, okay, now he comes to live in me. What does that mean? We're made holy, we're made righteous, we're all these things that we've talked about. But still, what does that mean to me if I don't like myself? If I don't, and I I mentioned to Dee just the other day about, it's one thing to love yourself and say you love yourself, but you know what? If you don't like yourself, then I don't think you really love yourself either. And that's been my experience this past year. God has restored unto me things that I had put away for years in a marriage that ended up not working, and I chose to leave. And I feel like I've gone back to when I was 30 years old because life is now an adventure again. And when things pop up in me that you were referencing, things, how things will bubble up out of your past or things you don't like about yourself, it becomes almost a joke because you say, Where'd that come from? Haven't thought about that in a long time. Or, gee, I haven't reacted like that in a long time. Well, it's an opportunity to see God working because inevitably he's going to bring somebody, a brother, sister, 
who needs you to have felt that way so you can say, I know what you're feeling. I know I've been there. Or not even say it, but just experience their pain. And so when we're dealing with the brethren, like I have been with the church people, I've come to really love those people and respect them because they're walking according to the light that they have. And to me, whether I like them or or like what they preach or not is irrelevant. Those are precious forms of Christ who are doing the best they can with what they know. And until he enlightens them to something more, they're stuck just like we were. And so there was a, there's a little verse prior to the one that we've been talking about all weekend. Let me see if I can find it. Back in verse 12. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. So what do we glory in? We glory in people's hearts and not their appearance. And when you do that, then you don't judge anybody by the flesh, including people who don't appear to be your brother and sister in Christ. 